Madeline Mitchell is here today. <laughs> How you doing, Madeline? Hello. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm doing well. How have you been? It's been a while since we chatted. I've been good. I mean, I think I'm kind of just tired. Everyone's tired right now with the whole pandemic and everything. Everyone's just over it. So <laughs> other than that, it's been good. Nice to see the sun the last couple of days, though. I think it's going to, everything's going to open up. We're going to forget about it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> April 7th, COVID disappears. Yeah. Yes, that's what I hear. <laughs> the countdown's on. <laughs> well, it's good to have you on and, and thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Again, I'm absolutely honored. We known each other for a little while. We did some, um, some coaching together and um, I guess we probably knew each other a little bit before that, but you have um, your own story with mental health and um, I thought it was interesting and might be helpful for others to share. Um, so again, thank you for coming on. And I guess, where did mental health really start for you? Um, I think I have learned that it started a little bit earlier than I had originally thought. Um, and that's been like through talking to uh, my most recent therapist. Um, I feel like a lot of the hardships that I faced were in my early 20s. Um, I'm 25 now. But as I kind of dive deeper into my life, I think it might have started a little bit earlier. Um, maybe like when I was younger and whenever I was a teenager. Um, I mean, I didn't really know what was going on, but it was kind of just portrayed as like just a really, really bad kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think you, it's definitely, you a bad kid? yes, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely what does that mean by the way, was it like behaviors acting out or was it? Yeah. Yeah. Behaviors. Like I was just really angry all the time. Um, I definitely put my parents through the ringer. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was mostly my behaviors. Like I just, I was acting out all the time. I remember I talked to my sister about this and we laugh about this now, but I remember being really terrible to my sister. Um, and uh, I didn't really know why. And as I got older, like into my teen years, um, I felt like I was getting more and more confused and thus getting more and more angry at just everything in life. Um, Can I ask, by the way, because I think it's interesting if there was someone like in a similar situation right now or like looking back at their own life, like what do you mean exactly by confused? What was that feeling? Like, what did you feel confused about? Um, I think I just felt confused about the way that I was feeling because I remember my friends in school, like I would talk to them about not specifically the way I was feeling, but I would say certain things and they would just think that I was really weird. Like I was just always the really weird kid, which is fine, but it was just like, I wasn't relating to everybody. Um, and I feel like there were some conversations that I can remember very vaguely that just didn't go the way that I thought they would have gone because I got a reaction from my friends that wasn't what I was expecting. You know what I mean? 
Do you have any examples of like, I don't know, maybe you could think of some like, sort of that like not relating to, not relating to your friends or, or maybe thinking things or saying things that didn't necessarily relate to others? Um, not specifically, but I remember like reacting certain ways um, to certain situations. And I remember my friends kind of chastising me a little bit for the way that I reacted to it, um, whether it have been like really over dramatically or like uh, really, really nervous or, and it could have been something as simple as like uh, going to band class or something like that and it was it was interesting because I was really involved in school um, with a lot of things so it was strange to me that I was nervous a lot of the time um, I remember I was playing sports and I played a lot of sports and specific specifically volleyball and basketball I would be so so nervous to go on the court and I would turn to my friend and tell her how nervous I was and she'd say something like, calm down. Like, there's no reason to be nervous. Just like go on the court and play. And then I would get on the court and I just would be really struggling to keep my cool. And as soon as I started to play, it was completely fine. But I never understood why I was so nervous because I knew I was good at sports. But I think as I've gotten older, I've understood that like I had a really, um, not insane level yet, but my anxiety was starting to progress. And I didn't know what that was. I just didn't know why I was so nervous all the time. And it was really frustrating. I imagine. I can definitely see how that would be confusing as well. Mm -hmm. um, it must have been tough too, just to be in that sort of constant state of nervousness. Yeah, we'd go on. Um, trips and stuff for high school or junior high and high school like we'd go across to Nova Scotia New Brunswick or whatever and I was just I was so 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 nervous and it was really hard being away from my family um, because I felt like I couldn't really tell anybody that I was this nervous because it was supposed to be like a really fun trip like you'd just go and you know everybody liked to go away for sports and it was just like a team bonding thing but I never really felt that way like I I did have fun don't get me wrong but a lot of the time I was just riddled with what I thought was just being kind of like stage fright really nervous like scared of how I'll perform um but it was overpowering And did that progress so that you mentioned that was like mid-teens when that was happening a lot? Yeah. Um, I don't think it progressed only because I think I decided, like I tried to avoid it and I very indirectly tried to avoid it. Like I just stopped playing volleyball and I stopped playing basketball because I thought I maybe wasn't as confident with those sports. Um, and that's why I was so nervous um, but like softball was a really strong sport for me. And although I was really, really nervous a lot of the time too, I knew I was better at those sports. So 
I ended up just kind of running from the other things basically and just keying into things that I was really good at, which was softball. How good at softball are you, by the way? Really, really good. <laughs> we talking home runs all the time or what? Home runs all the time. <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> what position did you play? Just curious. Um, I played shortstop for most of uh, my softball life, but I moved to second whenever I played for the province. My coach moved me to second base and I was like, oh, I don't know how to play this. I, I'm so nervous. Anyway, but I ended up liking it a lot better. So you ended up playing high level, like provincial. Yeah, we traveled a lot. It was, it was a lot of fun. So you end up kind of running away from it in a way or um, trying to avoid the things where you feel like the most nervous? Yeah. And like I said, it was so interesting because when I look back, I, I was involved in so many things. Like I, my school schedule every day would be like a band practice in the morning school then a band practice or a sport or the musical after school and then I would go home or go to a different practice like I was just so involved um but I remember being like really nervous about a lot of a lot of the things that I was doing um I also remember there was like this very, very overpowering feeling of needing to be the best at everything that I was doing. And I, I just, I couldn't live with myself if I wasn't the best, it would just take such a toll on me. Um, I was really, really, really hard on myself. So yeah, I definitely ended up running from a lot of the things that I did. And I think that happened more so after high school and that's kind of where everything got worse it's interesting isn't it like if you were to look at that from like an outside looking in you would think like oh madeline's doing all the stuff she's like an overachiever she wants to be the yeah. best in everything she does yeah it's interesting sometimes you think of that person's like doing really really good mm-hmm. um, yeah um, and sometimes there are the people that are struggling. Yeah. And, and I think that's where that level of confusion comes in because I was doing really, really well. Um, but in my mind, I, I was so confused as to why I was feeling the way I was feeling because from the outside looking in, everything was great. Um, and even in high school, I started getting like a little bit, I would say, I think when I was 16, um, everything started getting so overwhelming that I didn't know how to react. And I started reacting in ways that aren't healthy. Um, and so just kind of progressed from there. What were the ways, um, and again, just share as much as you like, what were 
some of the unhealthy, I guess you could call it coping mechanisms. Yeah. Um, so when I was 16, I started self-harming for the first time. Um, and I didn't really, I don't know. I don't remember how I came to that decision that I was going to start doing that. Um, but I remember it making me feel a lot better. Um, and I think from what I remember, my, a friend of mine, uh, was having a lot of trouble as well. And, um, she began self-harming too. And I think I kind of just thought, oh, that's a great idea. Like maybe that'll make me feel better. And I didn't really understand the implications that it could have. And I didn't understand really what I was doing. Um, I think I just viewed it as just a normal like scrape or a cut or anything like that. I didn't really think of how severe it actually was. Um, and like when I was in high school, like we weren't really talking about mental health at all. Like we were a little bit, but I'm sure you can remember, like there wasn't really a conversation as much as there has been in the last, even like year to a couple of years. Like yeah, 100%. they're just, yeah. Like there just wasn't really, um, it just wasn't as people weren't as open-minded as they are becoming to be now. And like, obviously we still have a lot of work to do, but um, I just found that I didn't have the knowledge of, or the understanding of what I was actually doing. Um, I think it's interesting by the way, cause like, did you graduate in, in 2014 or 13 around there? 2014. Right. Yeah. So it was like, I think it was somewhere like 2015, 2016, it seemed like this all started to become more like mainstream topic. It's almost, it seems like now, like everybody's kind of talking about it. Everybody kind of knows about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, you know, like around that time in high school, it just seemed like no one was, I don't, no one talked about it really. Yeah, exactly. So like when these things came about and these different coping mechanisms, it was just like, it, it wasn't, that was really the only thing that was talked about. So, and there, it wasn't even like a good or a bad thing. It was just like, this is what I do to make myself feel better. And, you know, and that's just what you did and what some people did. And there was nobody telling us otherwise. Can I ask, by the way, and I think I've had this conversation before, but do you know, like, like if you think about self-harm, maybe someone's in that position right now, like what is the relief that you get from it? Is it like, how would you describe it? Um, so I'll go from like a mental and physical perspective. Um, mentally, I think it's like, I viewed it as a punishment and um, I felt like I could right my wrongdoings if I, or, or my, my wrong feelings, if I did that to myself. 
um, which would give me a little bit of sense of relief. Um, I also just feel like from a physical perspective, you feel so um, tense and overwhelmed. And like, there's just this person standing on your chest and you just want to feel something different. Um, and I think that was a big thing as well. I also feel like it was, it was just a way to, I don't know, make me feel like, <clears throat> make me feel like I could feel something like other than what I was feeling. Right. It sounds like maybe like temporary relief or like temporary, temporary escape, escapism. Absolutely. Yeah. It's totally temporary. And that's, I think that's why, you know, people continue to act on it is because it is just temporary. Um, and a lot of people do still use it as a coping mechanism. And I still use it as a coping mechanism up until I was 22, like not as frequent as I did when I was younger. Um, but it was still something that I went to for sure. So where does it go from there? You mentioned like high school, um, kind of going through that time where you're feeling all that nervousness. Um, where does it go from there? Um, so when I was in high school, uh, I think the summer going into grade 11 or 12, honestly, I don't remember. I think it was maybe going into grade 12. Um, I spent some time in unit nine, um, which was looking back, probably the best decision I could have made. Um, but, uh, it kind of like, I thought, oh, okay, all my problems are going to be fixed. Um, and then I did feel better for a little bit of time. Um, excuse me, but I went to university after high school and again, just that very overwhelming state. Um, when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, like I was 17 years old going to university, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had no idea who I was. Um, and of course, I, this is like almost from an outside perspective looking in, like, yes, it was me, but I'm looking back and I'm realizing all of the things that I felt and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I felt about a lot of things. Um, and it just kind of went downhill from there. I, I feel like, and when I went to university, it was just, I was trying to figure everything out, but I wasn't trying to figure out why I was feeling the way I was feeling this overwhelming sense of nervousness. How did it sort of play out for you day to day? Do you think, like you mentioned high school, like you were nervous all day, like were you still like struggling with that on a day-to-day basis or kind of going about your day during university? Yeah, um, to the point where like, I just, 
I completely shut down. Um, I didn't go to class. I didn't do my assignments. I'm, I'm surprised, like I'm back in school now and I'm surprised I don't have to retake any of those courses. Um, I definitely, definitely did the bare minimum. Um, and I just, I was in such a state of flight that I became, I feel I became like, I just started to experience a lot, a lot more symptoms of depression. Um, I had a boyfriend at the time and he noticed all this too. Um, our relationship was taking a toll because of it. Um, a lot of my relationships, my friendships were taking a toll because of it. Um, I lost a lot of my friends from high school because of the way that I acted. Um, but it wasn't, you know, like I didn't think there was anything going wrong. Um, I just thought this is how I am and this is who I am and this is how it's going to be. Um, but yeah, in university, I just, I reached this state of absolute shutdown and avoid everything you can so that you don't feel this way anymore. Um, and that progressed on to basically shutting myself down from the entire world. I mean, and again, you can always go back to thinking about someone who was looking inward and it probably seemed okay. Like I was trying to go to school at least and I had a job, but I quit a lot of my jobs. Um, I had an apartment, I had friends, like everything seemed okay. Um, but I remember when I was, I forget, I forget even how old I was. I think it was in 2015 or 2016 that's when, you know, a lot of um, my family started to get really worried um, because I was constantly having this suicidal ideation. Um, I was constantly just locking myself away. I lost a lot of weight. Um, so, that's where the healing process, I think, started. Was it, like that wasn't so hard to be in that position, by the way. Yeah, it was, yeah. That. Yeah, it was really hard. I feel like uh, I didn't really know what was going on still. And I just wanted to feel better. And I didn't, like, I was scared to go down, like, a minute down the road to get something at a convenience store for my apartment. Like, I just, I was so anxious all the time. And it was really, really hard. And looking back, I'm, like, getting emotional about it because it's just so, like, something that I never want to feel again. Were you like 
I know you said you went to unit nine in high school. Did you seek any help like in, in between like the two times between like um, this time when you're really struggling 2015, 2016, did you get any help in that, in that gap between then and high school or? Yeah. Um, I think since I was like maybe 14 or 15, like my parents and my grandparents and like my teachers and, you know, people who cared about me, um, they did take me to like doc my doctor. I saw school counselors. Um, I saw a number of therapists in like my early twenties. Um, and I definitely did seek help or I tried to, um, but I also don't think that I was in a position where I wanted to get that help. So I was really um, defensive with a lot of the things that I was being told and a lot of the suggestions that I was given um, in terms of trying to start this healing process. I don't think I was open to hearing it. Um, and I went through like, I don't know how many therapists, like seven. Um, I just wasn't, I just wasn't ready, I guess, to get help or I didn't think that I needed to, or I was just like, I didn't want there to be anything wrong. I wanted it to be easy. I wanted it to be easy to um, get rid of. I wanted to be, I wanted it to be easy to feel better. I also like, like I saw a number of psychiatrists in the ER, like going to get different medications. Um, like I just wanted this to be really, really easy. And I didn't want it to be something that I had to work on every single day. So the more that a therapist or a doctor or psychiatrist told me that, the more I was like, no, bye. I'm going to get somebody else. I think that's, I think that's interesting. And I think, I think people could probably relate to that. I think that's like what we all want to hear when we go to the doctor or when there's something wrong, right? It's like, so I'm going to be better in like a week, right? Like give me some pills and yeah. But I also imagine it was probably daunting to really like accept where you are and that you have to do all this work to get to a better Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I think that comes with a level of um, maturity and, you know, I just wasn't educated or aware or mature enough to take into consideration anything that I had to do for myself. Um, and I kind of wanted everyone to do it for me. Like I didn't, I didn't want to put that work in myself. Um, I just wanted someone to take it away. Like I just, I wanted to feel better, but I wasn't ready to do the work to feel better. And I blamed a lot of people um, throughout this process. And up until probably I was like 22 or 23, I blamed a lot of people for how I felt. And um, that's not to say that some people can't have an effect because they definitely can. But I feel like I was trying to find healing and strength through other people and not within myself. Um, 
that shift definitely happened. It's definitely happened, but um, I can't remember the exact day or anything. But I think until I realized that I really needed to put in this work to feel better and live a full life, um, nothing was changing. Was there a time, like, go back to the point where, you know, you mentioned like your parents are reaching out and things are really bad. You're starting to have them like some more serious, like suicide ideation and having, it's hard to even go out of your apartment. Like, was there a time where, was there a breaking point? Was there a time where you just realized that you need to put in the work yourself or that you sought help or how did that sort of come about? Um, yeah, I've actually been trying to think about that for a while. Cause I can't remember. Um, I remember there, uh, was a couple people, um, my grandparents specifically and a f- friend of mine who, um, visited me often at my apartment and, were just they kind of just like sprinkled some little like you know you really need to start doing this or maybe you should try this or this that and the other and I don't know when it clicked um but around that time I did start to like properly heal um And I actually moved in with my grandparents uh, whenever I was going through like the worst of it. And I definitely attribute a lot of my healing process to them. Um, They would disagree just because they're the most humble people. (laughs) But um, I think if I wasn't in an environment where I felt like unconditional love and I felt like it was okay for me to feel this way. Um, it was okay for me to figure out what was going on um, with their support. I don't think I would have gotten as far as I have. Um, so it definitely, that definitely kickstarted the process. Um, and I was closer to my family, like my grandparents live out by where I grew up with my parents and my siblings. So I think that level of support that I didn't have whenever I was living in town um, made a huge difference because, you know, I was around people who knew me my whole life. And I remember having some really in-depth conversations uh, with uh, my grandparents and my sister. And um, those were really important too, to be able to kind of, build this version of myself that I didn't know really existed, but she was in there the entire time. I just, she was clouded by everything that she was feeling and not knowing how to deal with. It's pretty awesome for your grandparents to take you in during that time. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Their house is beautiful and they've got animals everywhere and my grandmother's the best cook <laughs> and uh it was it was definitely a turning point for sure I I that's like my safe that was my safe space 
And what did that healing process look like for you? Um, there were a lot of things that I had to unlearn. Um, the first one being that I had to trust that not everyone was going to judge me. Um, I remember when I was trying to, you know, get back on my feet and like have a job again. And I would constantly be like working had a new job and then quitting um, just because I was nervous or anxious now that I realized that it was anxiety, but um, you know, my grandparents living with them, they never made me feel um, bad about it. You know, they just, they supported me through that. Um, so I think, you know, I had to learn that not everyone is going to react in a negative way to how you feel um, and how you do things. Um, and I think I had to be in an, like a, a soothe, more soothing environment, like a, like a, just like a calm environment and a positive one. Um, that definitely helped too. And just being able to talk to people about everything that I was feeling and not holding anything back. And that was, that was something I had, I really struggled with because I remember like a few times I would lie to my boss at the time and my grandparents about why I wasn't going to work. And my grandfather would come in and tell me like, you don't have to lie to me about how you're feeling. And that wasn't really something I felt like I could do for a, like I, I was constantly making um, an excuse for myself or like lying uh, for feeling the way that I did so that I could, so that it could be um, tolerated by others or like accepted by others. Um, so I definitely had to unlearn that, you know, I didn't have to hide everything. Like I could just be open and honest um, and that I could trust people and that they weren't judging me all the time. Like I thought they were. That's huge to be able to be honest and open about how you're really feeling. Yeah, it was definitely, it was so important. And I can see in my life now, like I'm just, I'm, I'm way more open and honest with people about how I feel. And I definitely think they are the reasons that I am like that now because they showed me that I don't have I don't have to hide how I feel and I don't owe an explanation to anybody. I feel the way I do and that's okay. I think a lot of people are stuck in that place where it's really hard to to open up about how they really feel. Definitely. 
I think it is in general. Like it must be for everyone. Like when you have, it's kind of like the path of least resistance, I think to be like, uh, I just feel a little sick today versus like, you know, like I'm, I'm in a really bad place mentally. It's, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to really be open and honest. But it sounds like that connection with your grandparents, like for them to be like, you don't have to lie to me. And it's like kind of creating that bridge where like we can talk about these things and I'm not going to judge you for anything that you, you feel. Yeah, absolutely. It was so important. And they, you know, they never chastised me for anything that I said. Um, if I said something or did something wrong, they would talk to me about it and have a conversation with me about it and that's when I learned the difference between someone being mad and someone being disappointed disappointed is way worse yeah. <laughs> not mad just disappointed yeah how much you're mad <laughs> yeah I wish you were mad <laughs> can you just be mad <laughs> yeah yeah disappointed is definitely the worst one. <laughs> Can't you just get angry at me and we'll forget about it in a couple of days or something? Yeah. <laughs> Can we just have a screaming match and then it'll be <laughs> over? <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like, how long did that process, I mean, I guess in life, like it's an ongoing process, but I mean, like how long did you live there? How long did you feel like, what was that process like? Um trying to remember so I lived there I believe I lived there from 2017 to the beginning of 2020 I think it also could have been 2018 but I'm pretty sure it was 2017 and I moved out and in with a couple of friends of mine um, in March of 2020, right before the pandemic hit. <laughs> nice. um, yeah, first. very, very nice. <laughs> um, so I lived, I lived there for quite some time. Um, I did go back and forth. Um, oh, yes. I, so, okay. So I did go back and forth. Um, and that's the piece that I was missing. I was actually living in Browns in 2019. Um, and then I moved back in with them. Um, so it was kind of like an on and off process. Um, I feel like I, I was having a lot of, um, just trouble with people that I was around. And I think that's, that was equal parts them, equal parts me. <laughs> and I would not have admitted that back then. But um, I think just looking back, I uh, realized the state that I was in. Um, so I lived there on and off for a few years. And the process, I would say that it took like, hmm, I'd say from like the beginning to the end, it was 20 and 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Um, and then honestly, just this year at 25, I feel like I'm good to go. Um, I have everything 
not everything I need, but I definitely have a better sense of what I need personally. Um, so yeah, you're right. The process never ends, but I think it was like five years, five, six years. And that was, you know, filled with therapists and counselors and doctor's appointments and the med, the med medication roller coaster was whew, something else. Um, it was, that was probably really one of the tougher things to deal with for sure. Did it take a long time to find the right one for you? Yeah. Um, I, so since like, since my first visit, um, in my, in unit nine, um, that's when the medication process started. Um, and it took a really long time and the worse my mental state got the the stronger my meds would get so like they and you know you know how it is here it's unfortunately not the best system so you go in and uh, to the ER whatever the doctor whatever and they talk to you for 20 minutes and they prescribe you medication that they think will work um and I did that quite a few times and I was prescribed things that I didn't need because we were just trying to figure out what was going on. Um, I remember my dad sitting with me in the ER for hours, just, you know, countless times, bless his heart, because he did it so many times um, to try and get me medications that would work. Um, and I had a lot of really bad side effects from a lot of them. Um, one of them made me a zombie, just, you know, blank stare all the time. One of them made me like a bottomless pit and I just ate and ate and ate and I gained 90 pounds um, in a really short period of time. Um, I did end up finding one that worked eventually. Um, and I have just changed that in the last month because it hasn't been working. And that was so nerve wracking because um, I had been on this medication for three years, uh, I think almost three years. Um, and I was very scared to change the medication and discontinue one and start a brand new one. And I was worried for myself. Um, but I also in the last three months, I felt my anxiety getting worse than it has been in a really long time. And I didn't want to go through that again. Um, and my doctor's fantastic. So he really chatted with me about a lot of my different options. And because of the extensive um, like trial and error period that I had with medications, we were able to factor in and factor out medications that would and wouldn't work in this process. So I'm now on a medication that uh, is uh, prescribed for generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder. Um, and it's actually really helpful, but it's, it's hard. It's, you know, you're you're being prescribed all these different medications that uh, really mess with you. And it's scary. 
because you're already kind of going through the mental aspect of it all. And then you're prescribed these things that either hinder that or help that. And it's the luck of the draw and it's, it's really nerve wracking. I've talked to a lot of people on here that have said similar things. Um, and it's just too bad that it's that way. It seems like it's like, partly the system, like it's very specific to the person. Mm -hmm. But it also seems like there needs to be a little bit of trial error too. Just from yeah. what I've learned talking to people. Yeah, cause like everyone's different, absolutely. Um, but I, th I think because the system is as flaws flawed as it is, I think it's important for us to do our own research um, on the different types of medications pertaining to the different types of, um, diagnoses. I think it's really important to do your own homework. And yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I didn't realize that until recently in the last couple of years. Um, and obviously, like I said, I could, we could all do research until we're blue in the face at the end of the day, we're all different and our brain chemistry is different, but, um, at least the research gives you a general idea of how people react to the different medications. Yeah, one of the, one of the former guests talked about that. He was like a younger guy too, but I was uh, kind of surprised, I guess, from what, like his experience, he, he was really like all over like the research. He's like, and that was the thing he pushed. He's like, you should, um, you research as much as you can. He's like, um, you know, when you go to a doctor, like, this is what I think I have. This is what I think could help. And just kind of like, if you think about 20 minutes, like the depth of the problem, and then you have 20 minutes talking, um, you know, sometimes less. Often yeah. Less. I think the average time with the doctor is like five minutes. Canada. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> it's very short and you wait a long time. I think if you can kind of like, it's just kind of like bridging the gap a little bit if you can do your own research. But the other side of that too, is I've had people on that have said like, you know, even their, um, they've had people like family members and stuff that really helped them with that too. Because if you think about like, if you're in a, you're in that position you were like when you were 22, like in 2016, um 2015 like when you're in that really bad place it's like you don't have the mental capacity to be like reading papers and like figuring out what medication work like you're probably not gonna have the yeah. capacity to really want to do that yeah absolutely I've and I've had people and I'm I'm so honored to be trusted with this information but I have I've had people in my life in the last year come to me and be like I know you've had a lot of experience with medications have you heard of this one um and I, I'm, I'm honored to be trusted with that information. And I, I'm honored that they value my opinion and my knowledge about it. It's huge. Yeah. Even like, it's really why I want to do this podcast. Just like anything that could help someone along their 
their journey when they are in like the, that spot, you know, that spot where they're struggling, like any little thing that could help them. Yeah. And it's so important to hear from people who, um, you know, and like everyone's dealing with something. And I don't think people really take the time to understand that. Like, I think we, we stress that a lot, like be kind, everyone's dealing with their own battle, but truly everyone is, is dealing with something and everyone can rate relate to at least one person. I, I'm sure of that. I think we have more in common than, than not. Yeah, definitely. So I know that you, you do work in the mental health space now. What was that transition like for you? Um, honestly, I, I really just applied for that job on an absolute whim um, because I don't have my degree yet and I don't really have any, I didn't have any experience in the mental health field. Um, I had a lot of experience with people, whether it be like long-term care homes or community care or daycares or whatever it may be. Um, but I did, I did just really like for shits and giggles. I was like, all right, let's fly. Cause I did, I did want to, I wanted to work there, um, but I didn't think I'd be given the position. It's been, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like, I go in to my job and I'll, at least once throughout my shift, I think to myself, I wish that I could like bring these people back in time to my life where I felt like nothing was going to get better either. And nothing was going to, um, like, I wasn't going to feel better. Um, I wasn't wanting to do the work to feel better. Um, I, I often say, like, trust the process. And we all do trust the process. It'll get better. But it really does. Like, it really, really does. And I if someone said that to me and a lot of people have in the past I'd be like f you no it doesn't you have no idea what I'm going through Um, yeah but it really it really does just it gets better so I feel like that was a big transition like realizing that I've I'm on the other side now um which is not looking back at my 20 and 21 year old self, I would never have thought that I would ever be here supporting people in their mental health journey. Um, It's, it's very rewarding, for sure. I remember when I was going through like grief, like heavy grief, and uh, everyone was just saying like same things, like it'll be better in a year. I was just so angry about that. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm going through. Yeah. Might have been better in a year, but like the the message of it will get better with time. Um, It doesn't just get better time. Like again, it's doing the work, but if I could know then what I feel now, it's like, yeah, it gets better with time. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's night and day almost. And you're right. It does, does take work and it does take, 
prioritizing yourself, um, which is a big thing too. I feel like we live in a world where you are a child and then all of a sudden you're an adult and you have to do all of these things and you have no time for yourself and everything costs money and what are bills and now you have to pay for gas that's almost two cents <laughs> so like it's just it's overwhelming um and I feel like we that's a big part of for me going to work I just I want people to understand that you can give yourself the patience to grow. Um, you know, your, your past doesn't define who you are. And that's still, and that's like still something that I have to tell myself every day. Like we, at my work, we have um, like a programming block and we try to teach um, and talk about like coping mechanisms or life skills or whatever it may be. And I, I find that helpful for myself <laughs> because it's, it's important to continue to, to talk about these things because, you know, if the conversation stops, like no one is going to be able to support each other properly. And I think that's a big thing for me going into my job too. It's just like, you know, we're all here because we have, struggled in our own ways and now we're on the supporting side of it and we want to support the people so that they can support the next people and so on and so forth um so yeah it's just it's it's nice to be on that side because I knew I knew that I wanted to help people even when I was going through university I wanted to go in psychology I kind of took a roundabout way of getting back to that <laughs> But um, now I'm studying psych again, and um, I never thought I would be in this position where I can confidently look someone in the eye and say, I promise it'll get better and help them do the work and help them find the resources. You probably never even thought you would be in the position to help others if you think about when you're in that, that bad spot. Never. I... Like not only going to feel better, but you're going to be helping others with the same. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's comforting. Um, you know, it's, it's just nice to be able to hold someone, hold someone's hand when they're down and kind of guide them. Um, and, you know, I see that in my, everyday life with my friends or my family members like it's just in every aspect whether it be mental health or not like if you have gone through something and you have the knowledge and the strength to share your your experience and guide someone through theirs I think that's really important for sure 100%. I think that's interesting, by the way, what you said about like your kid and then you're kind of like forced to be an adult and then you got all these bills to pay, all these things to do. There's like kind of like societal pressures to do all these things. And I think it's interesting, like how I think about it now and like how I've seen it 
a lot is like uh, going through that process of yeah. going through the process is kind of like <laughs> simplifying things a little bit. It's like you have to make money, but like what what can you do to make enough money to do that? And it's like um, you know, for like social, it's like okay, who do you like to hang out with? That like it's kind of like. Who are you going to hang out with that's going to make you feel good? And like, what are the things mm -hmm. you do every day that's going to make you feel better? It's kind of like going from this high frequency of doing all these things to kind of going like, okay, what do I need? What do I need to do for myself? Yeah, it's uh, there's definitely a shift for sure, and I think there's a good balance that can be that can be reached, um, but with the huff and puff of everything in the world, it's hard to be able to reach that balance. So it's, um, I think it's important to lean on each other and understand that, you know, <laughs> I see this on Facebook a lot, like um, suggesting that like, no one really knows what they're doing. Everyone's just kind of just doing it and we're just trying to get through it. And I think the sooner we realize that and the sooner we realize that really we're all in the same boat, we're just trying to live our lives and live our lives to the fullest and support each other and love people and love ourselves. I think it's important to acknowledge that everyone's trying to do that. For sure. hundred percent. Yeah. We're all just uh monkeys floating on a rock through space there's, there's definitely yeah <laughs> element of mystery that we're all living with this yeah i'll just like i'm gonna go to work i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that yep yeah yeah we definitely all think we know what we're doing we're just <laughs> <laughs> we're just trying to get through it <laughs> i think that's uh I think that's a great message though. Um, to love, connect, and uh, like want to do more for others. And yeah. how we're all kind of on that path. Yeah, definitely. Life's hard. It's really, really hard. Sure. Well, I want to say thanks so much for coming on, Ellen. Thank you so much for having me on. This was great. I forgot that we were <laughs> even doing this for a second. Yeah. I thought we were just chatting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, it was uh, it was great talking to you. If, if there was anything that you would say to someone, like you think about when you were in that that bad place, I don't know. We just kind of talked about it, but like, is there anything you would say to that person that's going through something like that right now? Um, I would definitely say it's cliche because everyone says it, but trust the process. It's going to be a lot of hard work and it's going to be a lot of tears, but you're going to find who you are and you're going to love that person. Love that. Yes. <laughs> Madeline, thanks so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you.